0: Welcome to the Gate Alliance Church. We're so glad you could join us for this week's podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn how you can be more engaged in our church, check us out online at thegatechurch.ca. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's podcast. The work of the church is very important to me. The church is very important to me because um, as a pastor, as a Christian, the church has been a body for me, a family for me that's helped. That's held me accountable. That's helped me grow over the years and challenge me sometimes as well. But the church is important for a couple of reasons. First of all, the church is Jesus's idea. He established the church. It's not my idea. It's not a, not a denomination's idea. It's not man's idea. Jesus established the church, and we read in Matthew this: "Now I say to you that you are Peter, talking to his disciple, which means rock. And upon this rock, what will he do? I will build my church." And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Remember that all the powers of hell will not conquer it. So the work of the church is important to me because it's Jesus's idea. And I, you know, Jesus is my Lord. He's my master. And so I'm going to support uh, the church because I support him. Secondly, the work of the church is important to me because the church is all about people. It's about you. It's about you and God and experiencing all God would have you, uh, to know and to be, and well, I care about that. Now, we're noticing these days um, in the Big C church, like North, at least North America wise, I'm sure worldwide, but I can only speak to the North American church because those are the pastors I, I talk with and listen to and communicate with. We're noticing that the church uh, is encountering um, some challenges having gone through this last two plus years of, of a worldwide pandemic. And we're going to address. Two of the challenges the church are fa- is facing today, and then next Sunday, the third one. So the first challenge is this, and this is this is not just a, a, a Niagara Falls problem, or gay problem, or an Ontario problem, or can, Canadian problems in North America. Not everyone who attended the church, speaking pre-demic-wise, have come back now. Uh, and that's alarming for those who are not engaging the church. I'm not worried about the church, because we just heard Jesus say, all the powers of hell will not conquer it. The church is going to survive, it's going to be okay until Jesus comes again. My concern is for those people who say they believe that, that Jesus is Lord, but they're not coming back and engaging and participating in the with the assembly of God's people. You know, and I know that over this time of of um you know COVID, that many of us have developed the habit of watching preaching online. That's what you're doing right now. And um, you know, and that's that that's good. That's better than nothing. But what we need is more than this computer screen or this t- television screen. We need to be connected within the community, with in person, with an assembly. You know, the local church. If you look up a definition of the local church, you will read something like this: It is the local assembly of the people who believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Local churches are a place to congregate, again, for people of God who are committed to regular meetings, praise and worship, breaking bread, Bible study, fellowship. Remember that word, fellowship, and prayer. And if you don't think that definition is accurate, well, I'll take it right to the Bible where it says in Acts 2.42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which is important, and to fellowship congregating, assembling, doing life together, and the sharing of meals. We, have, we do that. Not, we can't do that from a television screen. We do that together, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. The Christian life is, I mean, it's not meant to be lived on, on your own from your couch. It, You know, it, that's not fellowship. First one to tell you that local Christian churches have flaws and imperfections. I, I'm here, right? Um, I'm, and I can tell you, I'll be the first to tell you that I've been hurt by people professing to be Christians in the local church. But I'm not serving, um, I'm not serving as I'm the man, I'm serving as in the God, the Bible says. And I want to please God, and the church is Jesus' idea. I'm not gonna let a few people who have who have not exemplified Christ in their life stop me from serving Christ and the church. Um, we serve Jesus and his kingdom. We don't, we don't decide, you know, like uh what is right and what is wrong. The Bible is our direction, it's our guide. And and we submit to God and 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 he like he is the he is the fuel. He is the wind. He is the 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 power, the dynamo in our life and our relationship. So I will not give up serving him, hearing from him and no and and coming together with his people. So the second trend we're seeing, so not everybody's coming back to the church and um that's alarming, not because of the, for the church, but really for the people who are isolating themselves from the assembly. The second trend we're seeing is that people who were once engaged in the church's work have not come back to the area of serving. Uh, this, you talk to any pastor in North America, uh, nine out of 10 will tell you, um, volunteerism serving is down. Even in our own church, those who used to serve before the pandemic aren't there today. And so, uh, again, the church will survive. I'm not worried about the church, but I'm concerned for those who say they believe, not actively participating in this very important part of the believer's life. Because serving, I mean, it's key. It's part of our DNA. If Jesus lives in you, and that's what a Christian is, Jesus' DNA is he serves. He said, "I he said I come to to serve." And so if Jesus is in you. You have that DNA. That's you cannot help but to want to serve. Nancy Lee Damas is a Christian radio host and author, and she once said, We are never more like Jesus than we are than when we are serving him or others. There's no higher calling to be a servant. And you might debate that and whether that's true or not, or you think that's an accurate statement. But what is not up for debate is what Jesus says in John 12, 26. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me. See, follow and serve are hand in hand. There you can put arrows between both of those words because to serve is to follow, and the follow is to serve. Jesus says, "Because my servants must be where I am." And where is Jesus? He's serving. He is giving. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Now underline that if you, I mean, in your Bible. And the Father will honor anyone what who does what who serves me. So when you're not serving God. You are missing out on this blessing and this honor that God wants to give to you. That can will give to you. Now, serving, uh, we need to understand, and put it in perspective. We are not saved by serving. We are saved for serving, and that's important because a lot of people think, well, if I just, if I'm good enough and if I just serve, then I'm okay. I, I, I you know, I, I, that's not the case. We are not saved by serving. Um, the Bible says in Ephesians two nine, salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast. We're not saved by serving, but we're saved for serving because the next verse says, He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the what? The good things He planned for us long ago. We're not saved by serving, but we are saved for serving. And if you are saved and not serving, you're missing out on this huge component um, that will impact the lives of others and impact your own life because God wants to honor those who serve Him. There's a blessing in serving Jesus that you will not experience any other place in your life. Last week, we went up to Godridge and we did a public outdoor church service, which was amazing. We did not hide away in the back street. We we're right out in the public, right in the town square, markets all around us, people all around us, people walking, and, and uh, they could hear us. And from the feedback that I heard this week, many people benefited from this outdoor public church service, and I could I could spend the the rest of the sermon time just kind of reading some of the messages and and kind of giving the context of how this blessed people. And those are just the stories I know about. I'm, I'm hoping and trusting there's some that maybe haven't reached out or don't know me and but were somehow blessed or benefited benefit from the word and the worship, um, being uh, put out there in the public last Sunday. But here's the truth. And I'm, I speak on behalf of those I'm, I know that, that served with us that Sunday. It was work, right? It took, it tough, it took investment. It cost us it, uh, it time and, and financially and, and emotionally. It was work, but there was a reward <laughs> that um, far outweighs the cost. I know for those who served experienced a reward we would, they would not have known if they had not served. We know that um, Annie and David housed us. That that cost. They they fed us. Kelly fed us as well, and 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 Bill and and secured the the venue for us to so we could come up and have a place to play. Pete Manu on our worship team, and they helped transport some instruments and brought the instruments back. And I know Pete had to work one night to eleven thirty so he could stay the extra day. Um, he, he it cost him that. That's not easy. Uh, Dave Pike, my friend. Uh, though he he agreed to a drum for us, we needed a drummer, so I called him. and said I'll drum, but his leg was infected. He showed up with his leg wrapped in bandages, but still played. And I'm sure, from what he said, loved it. it you know, it's a big event, and it actually made uh, the newspaper. So that, yes, there's a cost, but the reward, wow. Jesus taught us it is better to give than to receive, and that's true. And it's true when it comes to serving. There is this blessing. There is this receiving. There is this reward when we serve, when we give to Jesus and others. We're not here just to build up our own kingdom, our own empires. And people, you know, they they do this. And, And every generation, there's these people who they work for themselves. They build things up for themselves, their own little dominion, their own little world. And then they die. Suddenly, it matters for nothing. I mean, there's never a U-Haul behind a hearse, right? I mean, you can't take it with you. And so the things that they built up that they spent all their energy and time and investment and, and money and work into, they it just goes to someone else or disappears or it rusts or it just stops. And that's why Jesus told us, do not store up treasures here on earth. Why? Because moths eat them and rust destroys them and thieves break in and steal He said, store up treasures in heaven, that is the eternal things, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So by giving us an opportunity to serve God and others, to to invest in the eternal things that go on and and leave a legacy of, of, of reward and blessing to other generations, the church helps us to invest in a treasure that is eternal, and one way, the church is like an investment house. It's giving you an opportunity to impact your life so you can impact the lives of others. And in turn, it comes back and impacts your life. It, it impacts eternity. It doesn't disappear like the physical things that we, we build up. It's not, it, doesn't, uh, it carries on, not like the finite things that we think are so important today. The parable of the talents. Jesus teaches this parable. It puts life into perspective. It, you know, it teaches us how Jesus entrusts all of us who say that he is our master, entrusts us with resources to go put them to work in the mission he's established here on earth. He also teaches us there's a day that we will come and we, he will come and, and and meet with us and give an account for what he's given us. How did we use what he given us? What did we do with our life? He gave you these resources. What did you do? And if Jesus is right, and he is right, one of the two following scenarios will play out in your life Um one day, Number one, if you are faithful and you put to work what God has given you and you served and you gave, then Jesus will say to you what he said in the parable, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. I love this line. Let's celebrate together. And the responsibilities he will give us are going to be tremendous. They're going to be rewarding. They're going to be opportunities. We're going to love them. It's going to be a time of celebration. Now I'd like to stop there and not tell you what the other outcome is because uh, it's not it's not good. And you know, and I, I would rather just say everything will work out, you know, everything's gonna work out, but I would not be doing my job as a pastor and a preacher if I did not share you with you what Jesus says next. Um, because he said, for those who are not faithful, those who just kind of take what they have and don't do anything with it, this is what they're gonna hear. You're gonna hear from the master, our Lord, you wicked. And lazy servant. I don't want to hear that. Jesus says, now throw this useless servant out into utter darkness where there'll be weeping and grinding of teeth. There's gonna be regret. I mean, that, I mean, that's that's the oh, the regret people are gonna to feel to know that I had the chance, I had the opportunity, and as selfish, as wicked, I, I didn't do use what I had, I didn't serve, I just thought about myself. Well, now we live eternally in regret. Um in weeping, and in misery. The truth is, in serving, according to this parable, according to other places in the Bible, every follower of Jesus has been given unique resources, a gift, an ability in which they can serve. The Bible is consistent in that truth. We read this in First Peter. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them to what? Use them well to serve one another. First Corinthians, the spiritual giving is given to each of us. Again, that's what, that's what we're saying. Why? So we can help each other. In Romans, it says this. So it is with Christ's body. That's what the church is. We are many parts of one body. Listen to this line. And we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. I want to highlight that line. We all belong to each other. When you do not step up and use the resources God has given you, it affects us, the rest of us. Um, God has designed us as church where we have different gifts. You have something I don't have. I have something to use that you don't have. But together we are strong and we are united and we, make an af- we are able to impact and work in God's kingdom. As a church, as a people who symbol together, we rely on you. We rely on you using the gift. God has given you to serve. And the Bible likens our life you know, as, as into a race. We know that Paul talks about run the race as if to win the prize. Like we're not doodle-daddling, we, we are running, we are pressing forward in this life to win the prize, to make it to heaven. So the Christian life is like a race and the, the church in many places is likened as we saw unto as a body. So imagine getting ready to run a race in which you wanna win this prize. And your foot says to the rest of the body, no, not today. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to serve today. I don't feel like doing this. And, uh, you know, you get the other parts of the body, 90%, you're okay. You know, I'm just not going to do my part. Well, try running a race without one of your feet working. You're handicapped. You won't make it. You won't be able to run the race. That's why we're depending on you. And you can't say, oh, I don't have anything. The Bible says, yes, God has given you a gift. Don't make God a liar. You have something you can contribute somewhere to help us as a church, as a body, to be effective, to help me to be effective because you're willing to step up and and serve. This message is entitled, Everyone Can Say Yes to Something. Everyone, every one of us has received a gift. We received an ability. And so we can say yes to this. There's some things I cannot say yes to because I'm not gifted in those areas. But I can say yes to some things because God has equipped me to do those things. If we ask Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, he's equipped you with a gift to further his work. I like what Henry Blackaby says. I connect with his writing uh, very much. And he says this about receiving the gift um, from from the Lord. He says, the moment you are born again, that is when you become a Christian, you receive the Holy Spirit. We know that. The Holy Spirit is the gift. God doesn't give you something. He gives you himself. The Holy Spirit is God. And he lives out his life through you. You have Almighty God dwelling within you, carrying out his purposes. The Spirit will manifest himself through your life, not for your good alone, but for the benefit for what? For those around you. So, we're not here just to build up my own kingdom apart from what Jesus is doing. We are to step in to his kingdom work, bring our gift, bring our resource, bring our time, bring our passion. If if, if Jesus is in your life and his DNA is in you, so you have that passion to want to serve, to make a difference in the lives of others. And God in return blesses you. We need to examine ourselves. We need to look into our lives and see where we are stepping up, where we are using that gift God's given us to multiply we don't want to be like that one servant who God will have to one day say, Wow, you know, you are wicked. You are lazy. I'm going to have to, you have to live eternally in regret and in weeping and grinding of teeth. I want to hear, Well done. You used what was given to you. You had that limited time of life on earth, but you used what I gave you. And now come enjoy my happiness. Let's celebrate together. I want that. I want that to be you, that you hear that. And so we as a church are giving you the opportunity to serve, to step up. At, you go to our website. If you're not sure how I can serve or what my gift is, go to our website, the thegatechurch.ca, and go to the resources link. At the very bottom, scroll down, you'll see a shape test. That is a test you can take that will help you um, ascertain And understand what your shape is for ministry. What your gifting is for ministry. And if you want you you can put in your email address. It will send you the results. You can put my email address in there as well. Mark at thegatechurch.ca It will send a copy to me if you wanted to. You don't have to. And I will even help you go through some of those things. To help connect you to the assembly of the church. To do the work of the church. And I want God to bless you. I want you to receive that blessing. I want you to know you're here for a purpose. That God created you, like he said in Ephesians years ago. He knew you are coming to do the good things he has planned for you to do. So let's go. Let's move forward. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We make these messages available to give you a window into our church, but also an open gate for you to join in with our community. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m., and we look forward to seeing you soon and know that there is a place for you at The Gate. Please remember to visit thegatechurch.ca for more information about our church.